Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Does anyone remember what happened exactly 12 years ago this week? It was a major, major international incident. Does anyone know? You're not allowed to go on your phone. No, no, Google. Use your brains. Anyone can remember exactly 12 years ago. (laughs) You you guys love a quiz, so come on. Any ideas? Where's the quiz master? 13th of October, 2010. No! Not a major incident then. No, actually, starting on the 5th of August, uh, 2010, you might remember 33 Chilean miners. There they all are. Do you remember that? You they remember were that? trapped underground in a collapsed mine. They were there for 69 days, more than two months. Just, just, just for, for a moment. I think they were 17 days without any contact in pitch, pitch darkness. Mm-hmm. Just put yourself there for a second. You don't know if you're going to live. You do not know if you've got enough oxygen to survive. You do not know what's happening. You don't even know who's next to you. It must be so traumatic to feel so lost. And for those on the, on the surface, each day waking up, would we find them, the desperation as each day went past? Imagine your mother, your father. Would they, would they be even alive? And then they sent down this drill... Mm. after 17 days, and they'd wrapped a note around it, hadn't they? When they broke through. Yes, Yes. and and they came up with a drill, and it said, we are fine in the refuge, 33. Can you imagine the joy? Elation. My goodness, there must have been such a party atmosphere. They alive, all 33 of them were alive. It moved the nation. Uh, Do you know what didn't just move the nation? It touched the world. It touched the world. It It initiated the biggest rescue operation I've ever seen. Every, every drilling company got involved and it actually drew in people from NASA. How do we get these people out? The compassion of people knowing that others were lost when they, mm. they devised sort, all sorts of plans. It, they tapped into people for their health care. They were deciding what food should people eat that are not actually moving around mm. and... The Psychologists exercise. got involved. What should they do? What, how to you know, keep them occupied yeah. so they don't get into depression they or anything like that? They send down books and even for their mental health, they put lights down there and they would pretend it was daylight and then switch the lights off so that they could have proper sleep patterns. They all got involved around the world. I don't know if you remember... I know from when we were in the intercessory prayer group, Wayne, we were praying for them, and yeah, people around the world were as well, weren't they? You guys all remember that? Yeah. Do you remember it online? Yeah. <laughs> now listen, on the, exactly the day of the 13th of October, they brought the first guy back. There it is. In like a capsule. This was thing. designed by NASA, wasn't it? It was. And they were bringing them up one at a time. It was like a spaceship, that, like a rocket. Yeah. One at a time. There's 33 of them. Imagine being the first guy. Oh, yes, it's me, it's me. But what if on the 10th person or something, or the, the 32nd person, all of a sudden the, the capsule breaks and they leave me? Be- Who wants to be the last one to go up? No, there must have been a fight down there. Because I don't want to be left alone. Because it took a long time to get them up. Can you imagine It was that? 15 minutes, actually, to bring one at a time. Up to the surface, and they said 5.3 million people, Wayne, watched this 
streamed around the world. We all wanted to see the lost rescued. Yeah. It was incredible. The media put it on to the TV so we could see it. And what I noticed started to happen, it became an exchange for our hearts. I saw something and I was moved with love and compassion and it forced me to do something. Yeah. I had to pray. I had to, some people might have sent money or whatever it is. Generosity. People, their the engineering, ingenuity to think, how can we get these people out when they were so moved and they said, I have to do something. I have seen people lost. None of us in this room like to be lost. It's a horrible feeling. You know when you've lost a child in, in a supermarket. It's awful to be lost. So we are well, doing a talk today on the impossible heart exchange. The world did a heart exchange in love and generosity for that minor disaster. Claire, here's a slide that we have of our PCF church mm. culture. It says, am I responding? Notice the word responding. Because I'm moved with compassion. When I start to look at life through your eyes, I can't help myself. I've got to do something. When we start to look at the world around us, the people that are lost around us, I have to do something. When I see them in the darkness, I have to do something. You can't sit by and do nothing. And as a church culture, we have this one of giving. Am I responding generously? Because I can see life through your eyes. Jesus was sitting with teachers of the law, Pharisees, having a chat. And while he was having this conversation with them, they started to criticize him. And they said, you know what? You hang about with tax collectors and sinners. And they were criticizing him. But he answers them with a story, doesn't mm. he, Wayne? And he, he doesn't actually answer their criticism, but tells them what? Not one, okay. not two. But three stories in Luke 15, all back to back. You'll remember with a child, when something's important, you'll say to them, listen, Johnny, I want you to do this. And if uh, he doesn't, you repeat yourself, don't you? You say, Johnny, I said, oh, it's really important. I need you to do this. And if it's really, really, third time, Johnny, if you do it one more time, Johnny. And, and I can almost see Jesus getting desperate like it's saying, guys, I'm telling you the story, but not just one. I want to tell you another one. Are you listening? He wants to grab you by the scruff of the shoulder. Would you listen Are to you me? Listening? <laughs> <laughs> Are we listening? Yeah. Well, the first story, Claire, is a story that we all know. He has a shepherd and he's got a hundred sheep and uh, one of them goes missing, and he searches in the wilderness for this sheep. I just want you to start to imagine for a moment a sheep out there. Listen, we just read those words as if they were like, um, yeah, just like just the Bible. A just, story, just a little story. Yeah. But Claire and I were walking uh, through to Bollington, and we were going through all the fields. And the farmer was in the field, and he was collecting all his sheep. And we were watching as he's trying to load them up, and he had gathered them around, all the sheepdog had cornered them, and they're loading up onto the truck. I didn't want to think of where they were going. And um, so, and he's loading them all up and everything, and we carried on walking, and we're walking along a little, uh, little just a little stream, really, and this, between the stream, there was another fence, and one of the sheep 
had got cornered. He, he somehow had wandered down right by the gate and he'd wandered down just enjoying life. Just, he was just doing life and he, had, he got separated from the other sheep. And then he could see all his friends going with a farmer to get some lunch or something like that. And he wanted to join them and he was starting to panic. I want to be there. But he couldn't because there's a fence. He tried to the left. He couldn't because he was trapped by the river. He didn't know what to do. Total panic. This poor little sheep. And, and in this story, that sheep that the shepherd's going after might have been caught in, a, in brambles, in bushes. Maybe he had been bitten and he's escaped and he's limping and he's hurt. And the shepherd is moved with compassion and says, I need to go and fetch this guy. I want to go and fetch this sheep. He leaves in the security, the 99, and he chases after one. That's, you know that because the sheep is lost doesn't make him a bad sheep. He just, Say that again. Just because the sheep is lost doesn't make him bad. And sometimes we look around our world and think because some people are a bit lost that they're bad. They're not. They just don't know. They've got trapped. They've got caught up. They were just doing life and they wandered off. They got caught up by a predator or loneliness or darkness and they just don't know. And the shepherd, he left the 99 because they were righteous. They were okay. And he went off to look for the one. And I think this demonstrates the heart of God towards the lost. So compassionate that he would, it's all about the one. You notice that? He would leave to find the one. And I want us to have a look at Luke 15 where it talks about what happens when God finds the one. And when he has found it, this is speaking of the sheep, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. In the same way, though, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 who are righteous and haven't strayed away. This is the heart of God, mm. the one, such joy when he finds the one. Mm. This again illustrates the exchange, his heart for the lost. The same thing for PCF. Our response to the lost. We've got to have this, guys. It's just, and, you know, it's not the masses. It's the one. It's the one. I've got to tell them. Claire used to do the schoolwork with the kids. And uh, she did some homeschooling initially uh, when they were very young. And uh, they had to do these projects. And uh, some of them would look, you know, you get a board out and you just stick things on. And, you, you know, the big school projects. And the kids would get quite emotional. They'd, it's such a big job. How am I going to do this? And they'd get, they'd get all tearful and they want to cry. And I, I don't know. I can do it. It's impossible is the words they would use. And Claire used to say to them, how do you eat an elephant? And they'd go, what? How do you eat an elephant? And the solution's so simple. One bite at a time. One step at a time. How do we save the world? Oh, it's impossible. How are we going to reach these billions of people on the planet and tell them about Jesus? It's impossible. No, it's not. Just one bite at a time. One life at a time. Are we prepared to touch one person? If everyone here had to touch just one person and bring them to church, <clears throat> We, would we wouldn't have cry. any seats left. We would Yay. be so full. <laughs> so bring a friend. <laughs> you know, that's the first story. What's yes. the second story? Well, it goes on and Jesus starts talking about a, a woman who has got a lovely bag of coins, 10 coins, but she's silver and she's lost one. And it says she takes a light and she scours the whole house. She's got to find this lost coin. And... <laughs> 
she's got to shine a light on it and bring it out. Why? Because it's so it's precious. Even though it's only one, Wayne, it, it, she is had a nine val- left. it has value. She's been greedy. She had nine. Why don't you just settle for the nine? But we, it was in her house. And I think it speaks to us, Wayne, of we are a body of believers in the house, but there can be one lost in the house. But that person that's lost in the house has got value. They're silver. Yes. They're precious. They can add something, but they're not fulfilling their role. They should be with the other nine, shouldn't they? They should. And they're lost. So even in the church environment, there can be people that are feeling isolated, lost, in the dark. And my heart's got to be moved again. We, we can't have that. Hence, our name tags. I, I need to know your name. And forgive me if I keep forgetting and I have to ask, is it Hillary or is it Leslie? Because I just can't <laughs> seem to get it right. And forgive me. Uh, you know, and, and I, I'm battling. And, and <laughs> no, no, don't do that. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but guys, listen, every single person is silver is precious. No one should be left under the sofa Mm. or tucked around the back or feel unwanted or unloved. Mm. It's just not right. And this again demonstrates the heart of God. Mm. The burden of God is for the lost. When she finds the coin, says she will call all her friends and her neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found this lost coin. In the same way, look at this, this is God's heart. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Would we look for the one in this room? It's something to challenge us to look around the room. Who looks lost today? Who is so valuable but perhaps swept into the corner that needs to be brought out into the light? We could grab them for a coffee Mm. and take them for a lemon drizzle right at the back (laughs) and have a coffee. Do we have lemon drizzle today? (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) You could be selling something we don't have. (laughs) Okay, just a tea or a coffee, but we could. Can we look around the church today and when people want to just slip out and say, whoa, 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 hey, have a look at their name and say, Fred, listen, come and join me for a cup of coffee. I just want to get to know you a little bit better. Sorry that I haven't been able to chat to you before. Come on and join and bring them in. And there's another story. There is the third one, isn't it? Yes. Would you like to tell Oh Well, it's the lost son. <laughs> we all know this story very, very well, don't you? Uh, this this uh, man has uh, two sons, and he gives them the inheritance, and the one son takes his inheritance, and off he goes, doesn't he? And he lives absolutely riotous, doesn't he? Yeah. The Prostitutes, living with a pig. Party, party, party. Okay. He's really hit rock bottom. That's right. And he realizes, I have made a mistake. And um, you know the father never stopped looking for him because if you read the text, it said he saw him coming up the road. Only someone who's keep looking would see the son. Yeah. He, his heart was, I need my son. Even though he had more than one, he wanted relationship back with that one. The one is important to God. Yes. But this, this guy that he's run off with the money, Claire, he's now living with the pigs because the money's mm. used up. Just, just put yourself in his position for a moment. You messed up. Okay, we all do. I mess up, you mess up. And now, all of a sudden, life is, you, you're sitting, you're sleeping, and you, you're in the mud. We go past these lovely fields, and there's a pigsty, isn't there? And they're in and wallowing in the mud with leftover vegetables and junk and stuff like this. That's what he's eating. Can you imagine... 
Last night was cold and the rain, and he's sitting there and shivering. He's, I know it's just a metaphor, but that's what people are out there. They're in the muck. Life is upside down for them. It's a, it, and all they're needing is somebody to help them out. And the father is. He's watching the whole time, looking. The father wants him back. And I reiterate again, it's not that they are bad people. They are just lost. Mm. And they need to be shown the way home. And the father's always waiting. Therefore, we should always be longing for them to come home. Mm. Again, the scripture says, the heart of God. What, how, does, how does God feel? When that lost son comes home, he, he says to the other brother, we had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but he is now found. He uses, I think we should look at the word brother because they are brothers and sisters. If you were to look at the lost as your family, how much more would you want to bring them back home? They are not bad people. No. They are just lost. One shepherd, one sheep. One woman, one coin. One father, one lost son. Mm. It's one to one. These are heart exchange that we need. We need to be looking, asking God right now, please, would you open my eyes so I can see the one that you got for me? You know, the Apostle Paul, he also experienced this, didn't he? He was the one that says, oh, I've got to do something. He's, he says in Romans, he, he expresses his heartfelt cry for the Jewish nation. He, he calls them these Jewish brothers and sisters. He is so torn apart that they would not know Christ. He says this in Romans 9, 1, 2, 3. He says, with Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm this. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. Listen to this. I'll be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. What lengths would he go to for them to be saved? How do we feel that for him it was his brothers and sisters, Jewish family, for us, it could be a family member that's never actually come into Christ. They, they, they've never known what it is to be a Christian. It could be somebody that's in the house that's lost. It could be somebody today who's online, who's, who's just curious. And the, and the Father would say to you today, you know, come home. I'm waiting for you. It's so true. You know, we believe in missions, and we've sent a lot of money, Claire, to around the world, mm. to Nepal, India, or, and we love doing that. But the, there's a bit of a, a, an isolation between me and them. I give some finances, but I don't really know their life. I, I, don't, I don't know their culture deeply. I, I, so it's, we just, we're giving out of a generous, generous heart, and we want to bless them, and we want to spread the kingdom. But here Paul is saying, it's my brothers and sisters. There's a relationship. I don't know if you noticed that. The shepherd had a relationship with the sheep. The woman had a relationship with her coins. The father had a relationship with the son. Could it be that the person that God's going to put on our hearts is somebody we have a relationship with? Somebody you know? Maybe God's going to start to challenge you about somebody and you just moved with compassion for them because they're at your work. And maybe it's the lady who just makes the tea and the coffee or the postman who walks past. Maybe it's the neighbor that lives next door to you. Maybe it's somebody in your group, your life group that you go to, or your gym or something like that. These are relationships there. 
Don't look away. Say, oh, Lord God, would you give me the heart, this exchange, so that I can be moved. Is it possible or is it impossible to have this heart exchange of God? Is it possible? And I was looking at this verse, which we probably know quite well, is Matthew 11. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. But watch the exchange here. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. There's an exchange For what you might think is, how do I save the entire world? They are really quite in a mess, messed up world. How do I ever reach them? He's saying, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. My burden is for the lost. Love exchange for the lost. You can reach them one at a time. If you, you don't have to take the whole world on. It could be coming and being involved in the light party at the weekend. I was going to say that. Were you? Cecil Wayne says that. <laughs> you missed the boat there. No, no, no. We're, sh- <laughs> we, we're sharing this. We? You, you can't do this to me. No, no. I, okay, you just quiet for a moment. What about the Christmas party? You can invite somebody to the Christmas party. Oh, my goodness. What do I have to do to be able to talk in this church? My- <laughs> yeah, no, Claire's totally right. We don't have to change the world. Invite them to the quiz night. It's a low-pressure event. But you're just building on that relationship. Invite them to the Christmas party. Uh, what else have we got here? Light, the light uh, party was for the kids. Quiz night. You can bring someone along to the quiz night. Can hey, you? you can even bring them to church. That's a novel idea. Or your connect group. That's an amazing one. We believe that every single one of our connect groups should always have a vacant seat. You should always, in your group, if your group is so closed that no one else is invited, you need to find another house that's bigger. Because there should always be space for you to bring a friend along and say, hey, come with me. There's just a group of us meeting. We talk about Jesus and to reach out and help them. There's a story, another one, that Jesus tells. Well, he's actually having, it's not a story. He's having a conversation Mm. with a lawyer and They're chatting about eternity. And this lawyer says, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, well, you have to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the man, the lawyer, says to him, well, well, then who is my neighbor? Singular, who is my neighbor? And You will know the story as the Good Samaritan, but I'm going to read it to you in Luke 10. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed him by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, and he bandaged his wounds. Pouring on oil and wine, he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay you. So which of these do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said to him, He who showed mercy on him. And then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This story is so, uh, it's deep on multiple levels. Mm. And there's so much that we can dig out of this. And there's three main characters that I think we just want to focus on quickly. First of all, obviously, you've got the man on the journey uh, who's going from Jerusalem down to Jericho on most probably the most notoriously dangerous road there was. Then you've got the Good Samaritan. And I think in this story, it's clearly evident that is Jesus. And then lastly, the third group of people that we would like to talk about is the innkeeper. And that innkeeper is none other than the church that we have. And let's explore those three quickly, and you'll see why we say they are. Mm. Let's start off with the the man on the the journey. The man, he's beaten up, isn't he, on the side of the road and left for dead. We journey from Jericho to Jerusalem through this life. Whether you think you're going to heaven or not, we are on a journey to eternity. And we often find ourselves beaten up on the side of the road, stripped, left for dead. You will find people who have lost their dignity in that they have been abused, trafficked, orphaned, and um, people who are sick. Even people that have just been messed around in marriages abuse of measure, even employment, you've had a a bully for a boss, Mm. a a financial difficulty. Oh, these are a myriad of different reasons why people can get sidelined and attacked. And worse worse still is that they left for dead, spiritually dead. Mm. So every one of us is born into this world spiritually dead, aren't we? But the Good Samaritan being Jesus, he crosses eternity, he crosses from heaven to earth, not just a road, but comes from heaven to be with us. He saw us in our stripped, naked, dying state. And the Samaritans were hated by the Jews. They were treated as worse than dogs. Outcasts. Outcasts. And And Jesus was the same. When he came to this earth, he was treated as an outcast. Quite interesting there how the the Levite and the priest, they crossed the road. uh, They didn't cross the road to the the, the hurt man. It was like they they turned a blind eye. Have you, no, don't raise your hands on this one, (laughs) but you might have done this. Uh, You might have noticed somebody in the street over there, and you know that if you talk, if you go along that side of the road and you bump into them, it's going to result in a long conversation, could be awkward, or they they go on for an hour. So how many of you, uh, like I've done this uh, to my shame, but all of a sudden I'm very deep in conversation with Claire. Now, Claire, look at over those heels there, and you look, you literally look, because if you don't see... You don't have to greet. You can claim in- ignorance. I'm, I'm so sorry that I see you saw me. I didn't see you. I'm so sorry. You know, and, and you can play ignorance. Don't look at me with those holy eyes. You do it too. Don't you? I think a lot of you need to repent. <laughs> I'm repenting right now. But what you see what happens is just like the Chileans. If you don't look, you don't have to do something because you're not moved with compassion. But when you see somebody, it moves you and compels you. So sometimes we want to turn away and say, it's too sore to look because it's going to compel me to do something. In the story, it clearly says he came where he was 
And when he saw him, he had compassion. Are we, do we see? Mm. Do we see even the lost? It's a huge challenge. Well, this is you know, clear, love and compassion is our first action point. Mm. When we start to see it, we're moved with that love and compassion. Mm. If we don't look, we won't see, we won't have compassion. We have to look at the lost. And, you know, they have to see you too. Yeah. You know, the, the, the uh, Good Samaritan took the injured man and took him to the innkeeper. Mm -hmm. Now, I said to you, the innkeeper represents the church. Now, here, some of you might enjoy this. So just, just bear with me. These are lovely teaching, that, and I really I, I agree with it. He gave the innkeeper... Two denarii. Now, we all know two is very symbolic in Scripture because of the church age, which is uh, given to us. Two, uh, like one day is a thousand years with the Lord. It's kind of like a very, very clear picture of Jesus and the church. Jesus comes and brings people to the church, says, look after them for me. I'm going away, but when I come back, I will pay you and repay you. So Jesus has given us a mandate as the church, to look after, and just by the way, not the church building, not PCF church, you are the church. So this is us collectively. Every single one of us have a part to play in this. And God says, when I return, I will reward you for this. We are the innkeepers. So first of all, to have this heart exchange, you need to have love and compassion. Just we even saw that with the miners. But then to have this heart exchange, it needs action and you see that with this good Samaritan what does he do first of all he bandages up his wounds he brings healing and this is why I speak so much of Jesus he, he brings healing he pours in oil and wine doesn't he oil and wine representing the, the Holy Spirit, Spirit. and then he sets him on a donkey so he's, his resources money it takes resources to save the lost and then sends him into the innkeeper. There's three levels there. The first level that he ministered to this man was with finances. Mm. And that you could argue and say that's ministering to someone on the physical level, body. the body level. He also then pours in oil and wine, the Holy Spirit too, but could it be emotional healing as well? Mm. And then... Obviously, the third one would be spirit restoration, bringing them into the church. Mm. Are we prepared to minister to people, not only in body and do chores for them and clean their gardens and do this and this, and, but also minister to them on a soul level mm. and, and start to help them? And lastly, and most importantly, also introduce the Holy Spirit and believe God for salvation mm. and help them on a spiritual level, mm. body, soul, and spirit. Mm. And so Jesus submitted himself to the commission of the heart exchange of God, didn't he? To love and to act, to come from heaven, to act on our behalf. And he, just like the shepherd, the woman, the, the father with the son, and you can even talk about the miners, he stepped across heaven for one. He said if it was just for one, he would have come. Are we as a church going to look away coming up to this festive season can you believe we're even saying those words but we are there's a lot of hurting people 
are we prepared to say, I'm, I'm going to cross the road, I'm going to go and invite somebody. You know, there was a men's breakfast a while back and we were challenged to invite somebody. And uh, I did. I uh, met somebody on the street uh, that I have known in the past and uh, I invited them to the breakfast. Mm -hmm. And um, the day before the breakfast, I got a text saying, no. <laughs> no, 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 not all. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I tried. I extended that hand of invitation. That's all it takes. I'm not responsible yeah. to get the person saved. I can't do that work. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I planted a seed of love. That's what we asked to do. I took the first bite of the elephant. He said for us to go and do likewise, didn't he? And so that, you know, you and I sit in this room and we've experienced Jesus step across the road to us and pour in oil and wine into your life and healing and he's bandaged your wounds. You've so freely received. Now, as an innkeeper, it's your opportunity to do that. And we talk about the one-to-one, -one, Wayne, but we as a church, we've got a vision and it's, it's bigger than the borders of Pointon. Do we see beyond our borders to another town? to another area that, that clearly needs Jesus too. We have to start and take on this heart exchange. And Jehovah Jireh, as I preached the other week, he's there to, to give us those resources to help the lost. You know, there's one other person that demonstrated this with such clarity. Mm. Our Heavenly Father so loved the world. Mm so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Just, just for a moment, Jesus is happy. He's sitting in heaven and he's with the Father. And they all, but he sees mankind. He sees you. He sees me. And we're broken. We're messed up. Our lives are, are, are shattered. We're the sheep caught in the thicket. We're the ones that have had a bite on our leg and we're limping. We're the ones who are the lost underneath the sofa. And we're the ones. And Jesus says, I'm prepared to cross the border and come across from heaven to earth just for you. Not, 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 just for you. One, he saved you. He saved me. The one. And, and here he's, he, he's about to go to the cross now. He's sitting in the garden of Gethsemane, isn't he? He's sweating, isn't he? He's sweating blood. And he's saying, is it possible that this could be done another way? And God says to him, I need you to do the impossible and make the heart exchange for the souls of mankind, which... He just lays down his life and says, I'll take the heart exchange. He did. He softened my heart. I'll, I'll go. I'll go to the cross for these people. Nevertheless, attitude. Mm. Because I'm so moved for you. Like Paul, like, uh, Paul says, if I have to die, so be it. I, but I love you so much. I can't sit still. And I've got to do something. I'm moved to action. But God so loved the world that he gave. Will I... Be moved with compassion to and see and be moved with action, yeah. with compassion and love on this world. Mm -hmm. This morning, why don't we just open up our hearts and mm -hmm. say, Lord Jesus, would you give me that heart? Mm -hmm. Would you do a heart exchange? Mm -hmm. What was that verse you were reading to me this morning? There's, a, there's an anointing for heart exchange. I can't come in and open you up and fix your heart. It's a God thing, isn't mm -hmm. it? And when Samuel anointed Saul to be king, he anointed him and 
he's had a heart change. He got a new heart. He became a new person from the anointing oil. And as we worship today, I want to encourage you to stand. And you know who you've got in your mind. You know the one. Maybe it's been a bit hard to speak to them. We're going to ask for the Holy Spirit's anointing oil to be poured out on you. Why don't you stand? We're going we're gonna to worship. And the anointing oil is in the room to help you make the heart exchange, to soften your heart. Saul became a ruler because of a change of heart. What's God going to do in your heart today? Make the love exchange. Lord Jesus, here I am and I open my hands. And if you can use me, would you use me? I'm sorry that sometimes I have looked away in the other direction because I was too busy to get involved. I felt too stressed out with my own problems to get involved. Maybe I just didn't care. Lord, I repent and I say, I'm sorry. I'm asking for that heart exchange for the lost, for the one, just one. Here am I, Lord Jesus.